What's going on, everybody? Matt here. This is our Thanksgiving version of Debbie Debate. Uh, we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to this. We did want to let you guys know that this was recorded ahead of time. So the Lane Kiffin news slash rumors about him possibly leaving for Auburn, whether true or not, were not addressed on this podcast due to us recording this before that news broke. We wanted to be able to spend some time with our family and friends, and we hope that you were able to do the same in this wonderful Thanksgiving time and these fantastic holidays. Everybody, I hope you have a great time listening to the show and are able to enjoy your families and your time off. We will see you guys again back next Wednesday live. This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the insult. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time the Steelers on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for her treatment. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. We're doing our giveaway black friday giveaway here at campus Ken. always looking to make the content accessible because this is the best fantasy game that there is uh austin you got the details why don't you tell the people how they can take advantage of this opportunity yes sir so we have a couple of things that we're offering here uh, from black friday through cyber monday so you have all weekend take advantage of the deal four days uh starts right after thanksgiving there and here's what we are going to offer everybody if you sign up for a new yearly scholarship or walk on membership here at campus canton those are our first and second tiers usually 29.99 and 49.99 uh, per year you'll get 25 percent off of that and we'll have a promo code for you that you can use or if you're already a member we 
really appreciate that you guys are already members. Maybe you can't take advantage of that deal. We want to offer you guys something. So we are doing, uh, if you buy one of the guides that we release throughout the year, we do three of them. We do, if you remember, our freshman supplemental guide. We have a Devi guide and we have a CFF guide. It's like 750 to 900 pages of stuff. Buy one of those, $20, you'll get 50% off another one here. And we're doing pre-orders for that. So you'll get an email in your inbox thanking you for being the great members that you are. And it'll have that offer for you guys to take advantage of as well. So again, thank you to everybody that's already a member. And if you're thinking about a membership, go ahead. I think there's uh, no better time to do it. No better time to do it. Go ahead and sign up at campusdecanton.com. Um, we're growing. We're growing. So go ahead and join the party. We are providing our Thanksgiving content, our content through Thanksgiving week on schedule. Let's see if any of the other fit content providers are doing that. We made it an emphasis uh, this year at C2C to make sure we release the shows because you guys are traveling. Like this was always the time where I wanted content, but people take likes and stuff. I also respected Colin Cowherd because he didn't do that. I think that he understood also that these are times where people are traveling and they want content in their ears, their regular uh, uh, hosts to be talking to them. So we're here providing you the content. Um, we're going to talk about what we're thankful for today. We're going to get into our the things we were most right, most wrong about this season. And then big predictions for um, next season, 2023. Where should we start, Matthew? Should we start with what we're thankful for since I kind of went off on a tirade last week that, that I should have gotten a thank you from you? Um, uh, sure. I'm thankful for you, Felix. You make every day and week just amazing. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, the, the easy stuff, obviously thankful for just everything I have. And I am thankful for you guys. And in, in all honesty, we've built an amazing community, an amazing website in just under three years. I mean, what are a couple months away from three years now? I feel like two years. Become, we're, we're like 20 months two? in. This has aged me badly. Um, okay, just under two years. My bad. Uh, but it, it's just, it's amazing seeing a lot of people that I know we all respect in this space coming and talking to us about how much they respect what we've done. And that is just a really cool feeling. It's not something I ever thought I went to get or really understand what it's like to build stuff. Like Felix is doing a show with Matt Waldman now. Like, I, I mean... Two years ago, I don't know that any of us thought that was really possible. We hoped it was going to be. And and now look at it. So it is a cool feeling to, to not just you guys, but even to our entire team who I feel like we've built legitimate friendships with. Like there are people on our team that like I will text during the day. We're talking about different prospects in football. We have guys come up to us and say, hey, what do you think? Like just having that, I don't think. I never thought this was going to get there two years ago. So like to have that now and what I feel like is quickly as well, like two years sounds like a long time, but like how quickly it's gone and what we've been able to build and how we continue to move forward. I am very thankful for that. I'm thankful for you guys who are always pushing us that way as well. And, and never shooting down my ideas, dealing with me talking about Quinn Ewers and Kyle McCord all the time. Cause most people would kick me off those shows. So I'm, I'm just thankful for you guys and our incredible team. We can never quite get the votes to get rid of you. We've tried a couple times behind the scenes. I've, I've got a survivor I've got a couple, style, but couple people who you know I've got some uh, some dirt on that. I'm that's uh, holding on. I'm, I might lose that leverage here soon, but I've I've got it for now. I I didn't realize we were doing heartfelt 
thankfulness. I my bad. I, I know he did. He went all sincere and genuine. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm uh, thankful that Quinn Ewers is our king, the prince that was probably. I didn't know where else to go with it. I was just going to be honest. No, I I echo a lot of what Matt just said. Right, like we have a, we've we have an incredible community um, of people that uh, you know like to listen to what we have to say, which is like how cool is that, right? Um, a, a lot of smart people, a lot of fun people, a lot of people that we've gotten to know um, here at the site, but also like through our Discord and, and people who are regularly commenting on videos, regularly chatting up with us, like trying to be as accessible as possible to help grow this college fantasy space. And I, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so I'm thankful that, you know, we're all able to have this opportunity and, and whatnot. But what I'm really thankful for is University of South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer, who's brought this program back from whatever you want to call the disaster of Will Muschamp. That is what I'm thankful for to cap off a 25-point win against the number five team in the country. Are you even thankful for Satterfield? No. <laughs> couldn't couldn't no, I hope get you that far. Couldn't get <laughs> you that far. Hope he gets fired. Awesome. Do you think there's a risk that he stays as totally off topic now that they won that game and they put up 60 on Tennessee? I'm a little scared. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't think they'll go like the, we're going to help you get another job somewhere else, a la Bill O'Brien in Alabama? That's a lot easier now that, to do now that Alabama they did that? than it is at South Carolina. Yeah, I was going to say. There, there's a lot more down from Alabama you can go. And, like, no offense to South Carolina, but, like, there's some tiers in there that are that are missing a little bit that make that less attractive. We want Bama. We just beat we just beat the team that beat Bam by twenty five. You kidding me? I just want to see all the South property. Carolina fans chanting, "We want Bama now." Let's get it. Let's make it a bowl game. We under the Austin, lights. Tell us, tell us what you're thankful for, Austin. What I'm thankful for, man. I'm just thankful for for college football. It's been a really good year of college football here. Um, no great team has just made it you know there's there's chaos every weekend there's all sorts of players coming out of nowhere like we still don't have the heisman race decided like usually by now it's almost locked up uh we don't have playoff spots locked up like it's just been a, a crazy crazy year of college football so i'm thankful for that and what i'm really thankful for this year zach charbonnet my guy won a league last night hoping to win a couple more next week I am looking for a signed Zach Charbonnet jersey to add to the wall here behind me. We'll see if I can locate one of those. You've been my MVP this year, Zach. I love you. Come on the show. I think the thing that I'm most thankful for is um, it's definitely the community that we've built. Any, if you've ever if you've created something and you've asked a market to respond, you have no control whatsoever as to whether they actually will. So you, you, you know, you plan a show, you do a script, you, you put everything together and then you try to sell tickets and then you open the doors hoping that people will walk in and you have no idea if they will actually walk in. And uh, you all have, you all have walked in and said, yeah, we want to uh, buy a ticket to your show. We want to watch your show. And I think that that's been, um, it's an amazing feeling to have, built something with these guys uh and hannah and uh and and the the market has responded i think that we're going to continue to grow this format which is another thing that i'm thankful for is the format itself i've loved football since i can remember since i was hanging from my uncle's arm uh, uh swinging from his arm as a kid um 
have I loved this game. And this allows me to express that love in a, in a broader way. Uh, I think when you first get into C2Cs, you know the, the big names at the top with the Power 5 schools. But when you're in year three and year four, you know the depth charts for Akron and Central Michigan. In those matching games that you get in November on Tuesday nights, you start to appreciate them more. When you see a player like uh, Devontae Walker, you're like, oh, well, that's the that's the kind of guy that gives me life. Devontae Walker, because we're looking for a player like that, the uh, wide receiver at Kent State, for those who are uninitiated. I love this format and reminds me of golf. They say like golf is the gentleman's game. You can play it until you're 70, 80 years old. And I really feel like that uh, about this. I'll be able to, I'll be able to love this game well into my, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s because of what a couple years away. um, (laughs) Because of this format, because of this format, uh, so there's a we get to we get to follow these player stories. Quinshawn Judkins, who Matt identified very early on in the process, a lowly three star, ran for 200 yards again this past Saturday against Arkansas. Just to follow a player like that and to see where he ends up in the NFL, I, I'm just I'm appreciate appreciative for the time and the um, departure from real life that this format gives me. All right, that's enough of that. May I can start with what I was wrong wrongest on. And uh we have a, you know, it's like been a, a double special show. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated, never lost. Um it's got to be Hunter Deckers. It's got to be Hunter Deckers. I saw in Hunter Deckers a player who was mo- who was big, mobile, and an aggressive downfield thrower. I thought that he was going to change the dynamic of that offense. I thought that he was going to be a focus of the running game. I thought that he was going to make um, uh, that team explosive vertically, and it just hadn't been the case. They've been very much, you know, a dink and dunk offense. And I don't know why. I still think that he is a talented player. I still think that he is a player that could be used around the goal line on quarterback dive when you have plus numbers with your offensive line. Um, But it hadn't been the case. And so after this season, they're going to lose Xavier Hutchinson. They're going to have, I think, Jalen Noel is a player who could step up. He is a vertical threat. Jalen Noel, punt returner, smaller punt returner on the 2-2 at well. Um, uh, Calvin Austin type spectrum. If you haven't seen Jalen Noel, he is that kind of player. But I don't know who's gonna who's gonna take Xavier Hutchinson's role. Iowa State always has a big rebound, six foot four rebounder type, and I don't know who that is is gonna, going to be this season. But if you know, just thinking about what I was wrongest on, and I've been, I was shouting for Hunter Deckers since Brock Purdy was there, and, and he was Brock Purdy's backup. Um, it is uh, at least his first year as a starter did not go as I hoped. So that's my the thing that I was most wrong on. I'm not gonna lie, Felix. You actually almost had me like in on Deckers <laughs> because you've been so right on a lot of these deeper quarterbacks. Like, I mean, as much shit as I give you, and we all give you, like, if their cost is there for some of these guys, I'm happy to buy the guy that Felix says go get because I mean, it's just. It's, they, they've turned out generally pretty well. And I actually think 
everyone wants to wants to call, comp Will Levis to Josh Allen. I actually think Hunter Deckers compares more favorably to him. And I'm not saying that like that's the quality of player he is. Again, it's just kind of a stylistic comp. But I really do think Deckers is more him than Will Levis is. So I I uh, I, I I was I was there with you almost on that one. Wow. Thank God I wasn't, but almost. <laughs> I saw a tweet where I was talking to, to uh, Nate Marquise, CFF Nate, and just mocking the fact that Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, went ahead of, of Hunter Deckers, not knowing at the time who Jalen Daniels was. And I was just incensed that Jalen Daniels went ahead, ahead of Hunter Deckers. And you know what? Nate was right. Nate Felix, was right. did you know I talked to Jalen Daniels' uh, quarterback coach recently? No, I didn't know that. I had a phone call with him. Uh, he also coaches Aiden uh, Childs. Chile, Chile, I don't know how you say his last I'm name. I'm pretty sure it's um, Childs. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a, a nice phone conversation with him. Who is Aiden Childs for the audience? I don't know. I, for in for me. <laughs> he He's an incoming freshman quarterback. He's going to Oregon State. He's been a really big riser kind of late in the recruiting process here. Like 6'4", 210, very mobile, really strong arm, hmm. really developing hmm. as a quarterback. Hmm. Um, not Perfect. the kind of guy you think would end up at Oregon State, yeah, but exactly. quarterback coach, I don't think I'm saying anything Ooh. on the line here, told me that he's pretty sure he's pretty locked in there because he's got offers from everywhere out there at this point out west, and he's not wavering at all. He said that there's guys like that just hanging around around California that don't that, that kind of fall through the cracks sometimes. So Daniels being one of them and, and, and Childs early in this process was one of them too. He's gonna add he's gonna join another friend of the show, Damian Martinez there. Yeah, I messaged him last night to try to get him back on a show. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit. Good we day. uh we talked a little bit about him on our YouTube show when we released um our initial rankings uh for for the website. He's kind of been a sleeper of I believe mine and Austin's. I know Austin, you were high on him as well. We talked a little bit about him, and yeah, he's top twelve I think for us in our ranking system. I know he's moved up for some of the other ones. I think he's got a shot to start as a freshman at Oregon State, because I don't know that Ben Goldbranson or Chance Nolan are, are going to necessarily be able to beat out how special he has a chance to be. So He's pretty raw. I'd give him a year. But, I mean, the, the steps he took from the year before to this one, pretty staggering. So we'll see what he turns into. Yeah. Austin, give us what you were wrongest on on the season. I'll lean toward more freshman stuff since that's what I usually dig deeper into. Um, you know, I have some CFF takes that were wrong, but like I'm not a CFF expert. So, you know, duh, I missed on some of that stuff. Um, I, I, I There were three guys that stick out to me right now that I miscalculated. Uh, Kian Gray's being the one at Ohio State. This Ohio State wide receiver room is like not actually that good. I'm just shocked that, or at least, you know, not that deep. I, I'm really, really shocked that he hasn't done anything this year. I'm not like totally leaving the guy for dead, but with the class they have coming in next year, I, I, I think the writing's on the wall for him there at OSU, and those guys haven't fared too well leaving there. So I, I, I was pretty wrong on him to have him as my third wide receiver in the class. I really liked, I, I, I don't know why Talon Shetron's not playing more. Like, I don't even know, like, looking at that one, I, I don't know that I would change my opinion of that. He's a good player. I, I, I don't know what I missed that he's not playing. Maybe it's just Gundy being stubborn, but other freshmen have been playing. So you tell me. And then the last one, fading little ETN. Um, and I, the only process change that I'm going to make based on that one, uh, running back at Florida for anybody that doesn't know true freshman there. And he is, uh, it's Travis and Trevor. And at this point, I have no idea which one's which, and I don't care anymore. 
So I just called him Big ETN and Little ETN. Little ETN was chubby coming into school. Bad body, mm-hmm. bad weight. I thought it would take him at least a year to kind of get there, as a lot of these guys tend to do. His brother even said that in an interview. Like, within the last year, it was like, yeah, my brother's, like, kind of fat. Um, but he's, like, totally transformed his body. He's been probably their best running back. I think he's better than Montreal Johnson, which I was right about that. Um, so I, I I was way too low on him. And I think the learning there is don't necessarily knock a guy for bad weight if they're not, like, 80 pounds overweight. Like, let them let them get in those weight rooms and, and get right and get, you know, a good diet going. So those are probably the three that stick out of my head is just regretting. What about Andre are, Green, Austin? On Andre Green, any thoughts on him? So I was – next season. I think I nailed my Andre Green eval um, to the chagrin of his teammates who commented on our YouTube page. I did a video on it that I was an idiot and I didn't know what I was talking about. I said that he he needed basically an entire redshirt year. He just was so raw. They just were running him on goes. Like, and against not very good competition, like you could just tell. In cornfields. Yeah. In like the, the, yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> sparse grass. It just was terrible. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was pretty low on him. Do I think he can still be a solid college player? Yeah. I just have a hard time betting on those guys in general. Like you'll see my rankings. I usually favor like last year. I was probably higher than everybody else here on guys like Antonio Williams and Barry and Brown. That's six foot 190, 185, more refined guys. I think a, that's what the NFL is moving toward more. And B, I think they're a little more projectable. Like really, it's kind of like the Will Levis argument, but for high school wide receivers, you're like, well, he's got tools. We'll just pray that they get there without really seeing it. And I think if you can't give me any flashes of something, like knowing how to play wide receiver at all, then I, it's, it's just really hard for me to believe in that. So I will probably fade those guys almost all day. There's usually one or two every class that I kind of like. Um, but I, I I still think he can be a, a productive player there. But I think next year it's Kobe Pesor. I think Pesor goes over 1,000 yards or close to it. Uh, he, he's going to be the wide receiver to have there. And I think, can Antoine Green go back? I'm pretty sure he can. I, I suspect I it'll be those two. So, year. Antoine um, Green, as opposed to Andre yes. Green, Antoine Green. The be very uh, careful when going through your waiver wires. Yeah. Yes, be very, very careful. Um, Kobe Payor, he can take over for Josh Downs in the slot at New Carolina. Is he? Do you, we haven't seen a lot from him. Do you think he's he's a potential NFL player? A late guy. He's definitely not as explosive as Downs, but it's just buying into yeah. the position on the offense. Essentially, like that mm-hmm. position has been very, very productive. There, you think you know, Diami or um, yeah, was it Diami that was in the slot before, or was it um, Daz Newsom? It was Daz no. Newsom. Yeah, yeah it's Daz, been right? it's been Newsom. It's been you know Elijah Moore when he was in the slot when the, in this Longo offense at Ole Miss. Like it's just a very productive position. So, um, if I don't think Andre Green's a, a huge NFL guy, then I'll just take the guy I think is going to be more productive, which is Pesor. Antoine Green doesn't have any eligibility left. Yeah, I was about okay. to say. Yeah, okay. fifth year, but his junior season was 2020, so he would have already burned his COVID one. Yeah. Because it's gotcha. his second senior season. So Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll see who steps up there. I don't think they're a transfer portal destination, though. We'll probably have to talk about that at some point this offseason, Felix, because I know you've been trying to make that happen, speak it into existence. I think that I, they need – yeah, I think that they need a wide receiver. Um, I think that Drake May needs a, an, another go-to guy because they, that, that team drops a lot of passes when they do not throw the ball to Josh Downs. How about Tyshawn Chapman? He's a true freshman there this year who was also a four-star. I mean, I haven't heard anything on him, he, but he could he be was a guy the, that contributes too. I think he was the fastest recorded time that we had for the incoming freshman too. Yeah. Like yeah, that dude's just a speed demon. Yeah. 
So, I, I mean, I could see a number of players stepping into the second role there. But Gavin Blackwell, what's he up to? <laughs> JJ Jones. Yeah. I'll like all these, all these <laughs> four star receivers that UNC has been hoarding that none of them developed. Mox, give us the take that you are wrongest on or most wrong. Is wrongest a word? I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's most wrong. I don't know. Doesn't most wrong. Um, do you only pick just one? <laughs> give us what it, whatever you got. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know we were doing this this week, so I just fired them off on onto Twitter earlier this week. So hold on. Let me make sure I got all of them right. Um, I said we got to give Jimbo Fisher a little bit of credit. Let's see what happened. Um, that was that was a good one. I said Josh Gaddis might not be terrible in Miami. Another good one. You were way too nice to, to bad coaches this offseason, Chris. I know. That's the takeaway here. Um, I said Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina offense might click. Uh, until their 63 out point output against Tennessee, that was true. Um, I said Cameron Ward is probably a CFF QB one and closer to quarterback one than 12. Uh, very wrong about that. I said you should probably fade Marvin Harrison Jr. We are getting way too over our skis with this. Uh, I thought it was insulting that he was being ranked where he was and that you had to be really, really confident in your projection. It just didn't make sense. Uh, then I said fade Quincha Judkins like five times this year. And every time he had like 150 and two. Um, so that those are some good ones. I mean, I have a ton more, but um, <laughs> those are some good, good ones. That's a pretty good list. That's a pretty good list. Um, all right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Uh, let's see. I mean, obviously, we can start with the most recent one. Quinn Ewers is going to take Texas to the playoffs. That's uh, unfortunately been a big miss here the past couple games. Uh, if you go back to the freshman stuff, I said DJ Allen, I thought was going to be a big guy this year. I don't even think he's taken more than one snap, if even that, for TCU. That has been a big miss on my part. I actually think I had him ranked as like wide receiver three. Kate Klubnick, while he has not been impressive, uh, ranking him down at like QB 60 to start the season probably wasn't it. Probably should have had him at least a little bit higher. He has moved up in my ranking. Same with Ty Simpson, who probably is the bigger miss based on what everybody else uh, thinks about him here. Uh, my biggest one, I think, is still to date the Jackson Dart's going to be better than Caleb Williams' call at the beginning <laughs> of this season. Because <laughs> that is a, me against Chris Moxley. Moxley has every right to flex on that one because we are actually, I don't think me and Moxley ever really argue a lot. I think we almost got legitimately to like yelling at each other in that episode. And it is ready not to throw hands. It has not been close. Uh, I, Caleb I'm going like, to go find that clip and put it on TikTok. I, I subscribe to Camp Ken on TikTok. I don't remember what episode it was. I don't even remember how we got started on that. Yeah, we started was, in the Discord. Yeah, and then it, probably it, right. Yeah, yeah, we started in Discord and then it bled into the. Uh, but yeah, he, it's it's here. been bad. Obviously, I mean, it, even if you just take the rushing yards out of it, Caleb Williams is like upped him by a couple thousand, not a couple thousand, a thousand plus something yards passing. His touchdown to interception ratio is a, a lot better than Jackson um, is as well, obviously. And a lot of that, I think, came from me being just fading Caleb Williams in general. Is probably another one. I, I did not think he was going to be able to continue to put it together. He's probably the best quarterback in college football right now, so that's probably my biggest miss. I was trying to think of a running back one, but I don't I can't really think of one. I, mean, I don't. I, I faded Braylon Allen. I don't know. He's been good the past couple games, so it was probably just those freshmen and obviously those QB ones. Those were. I haven't looked at the stats yet, but I'm pretty sure that 
Quinn Ewers is completing a, a lower percentage of his passes than Anthony Richardson. And they might have this a, a similar touchdown to interception ratio. And I'll say this about Quinn Ewers, and I said it watching his high school tape. The next throw that he makes that is, in my opinion, like super oppressive, impressive, an exceptional throw, it'll be the, the first throw that – that he makes that is that is very impressive. I was watching um, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson and Caleb Williams on Saturday, and I mean Caleb Williams was throwing lasers down the line of scrimmage, where, where you know making these hole shots where usually you put more air in, air in it. He's just gunning it in there on the line. I mean, and Dorian Thompson Robinson too. Uh, the next time Quint Ewers makes a throw like that that I'm impressed by will be the first time. It I think you're the first time. I I think you're overstating it, but no, yeah, he's a, he is a good, competent. He is game. a competent player, but exceptional. I don't think so. I saw more exceptional plays from Evan Brown, Tom Simpson, and one. Uh, uh, who else am I thinking of? Drew so Aller, of course. So I, can I ask? I actually wanted to ask you yeah. something about this, Felix, because you were discussing, uh, and I promise this is not like a gotcha, but. You were talking about Justin Fields this week and saying that he was basically a free space because of where he was ranked and how basically all these guys that are ranked in that, you know, range are like locked in early round NFL picks. Quinn Ewers was higher rated than than Fields, so he's going to be in that range. I mean, I think if like I don't know how far you're fading him. This this only this, but. this only apply this rule only applies when Felix is is right about something, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just um, curious if no, you no, had so, a kind of differentiator between these things. It does. It doesn't even when he's right about things because when Quinn Ewers turns it on next year, we're going to get another hashtag thank, thank you, you Felix. Felix episode where he's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> I'm, I may not be the hero that you guys deserve, but I'm the hero you need to make Quinn this person you can tout. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback for Steve Sarkeesian, and that is worth something. But anytime I've asked you guys to show me the most impressive play from this guy, you've it's been you know a very lukewarm type of maybe he scrambles out to the left or, or something like that. But you you'll watch Cameron Ward, somebody like Cameron Ward, he'll have a deep a, a defender on his back and will Houdini out of there, scramble and and throw the ball downfield. I just I saw from Quinn Ewers a player who was well protected and he was throwing to wide receivers who were open, which a lot of high school quarterbacks can do. Now, this is his first year starting. Um, this is his first year starting. They're going to keep Xavier Worthy. I think Jordan, everybody returns. And they're, they're going to get a Isaiah Nayor back next year so he can improve. But I just I wasn't buying the hype on him. Wasn't buying the hype. I wouldn't be so sold on them keeping worthy for what it's worth, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I which would be dumb you. in my opinion. I, I think it would be dumb for for Xavier Worthy to transfer. But Matt, we should say Matt that there are those rumors that he's. Yeah, I, I would love to know where he wants to go. It's got to be USC. Like, where, that, where that's the only place that he would go. Miami, not Miami. Oh, okay. Miami. No, it's you. It's USC. Yeah. If he transfers, he's going to USC. You the the quarterbacks you mentioned making impressive throws. Is it more like you're when you're talking about that? It's just like having all that like velocity and zip on those throws. 
because that's not Quinn. So like I don't I don't think right. putting him in that bucket is fair when you say he doesn't make impressive throws. Like, and I I mean I've said multiple times I'll send you the clips. I don't actually have this one, but I can send you the time. You can go find it. But he it's has, also be like being underdressed. I mean, there are, there are any yeah, number I mean, of he's ways. He's definitely struggled at that this year. Yeah. I, I you can't deny that the footwork's not been there. Me and Mox talked a little bit about that on Twitter recently as well. There, there's also, and I'm not trying to defend him. There's a lot of rumors that he's dealing with a thumb injury that he cannot mm. grip the football right. If you mm. look at what he did the first four games and look at the massive drop off from then, I wonder how much of that plays into it. Unfortunately, we can't, we don't know though. So we don't know how to judge that, right? Like college football doesn't have to give us injuries. So there's no way to know if that's actually true or not, but he does make impressive throws, but it's definitely not in the Caleb Williams, you know, Devin Brown area. They just have better. I would say they can sling it a little bit more, put more velocity on it than Quinn has, but his, maybe he's more of a Tua Tunga Yaloa type than one of these players with the raw arm talent and, uh, velocity on these throws that I mean Caleb Williams was making some throws that were traveling 30 yards and they didn't go over uh seven yard ground Spencer Rapper made one of those throws yesterday I was like holy like it's just a different kind of talent um all right did, did everybody go did everybody get there what they were most wrong on yeah, I was Matthew, also very wrong. I, I know I said CFF doesn't matter. I was very wrong on Colorado State's offense this year. I don't know what – I mean, I know they can't – their offensive line's really bad, and I guess that almost, was a, Almost yeah. everyone was, too. Like, that was a – a lot of people were on Colorado State. Yeah, I think the offensive ball, line is probably the great. issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, just... that offensive line is bottom three in the nation, and you I just forgot. can't do anything with it. I forgot you said that. It took so long to get to me on the what was wrong part because I was going to start off with, well, I'm not really an expert on anything, so you can't take anything I'm wrong about seriously since you started that with I'm not a CFF expert. Matt, what were you right on this season? Uh, I mean, the easy one is Quinshawn. <laughs> I feel like that yeah. was, I mean, talking about him before he even joined Ole Miss, I said he was going to be a guy. Austin, I did a show on YouTube about that. I was back at like – October. That was a that was uh, a great moment when like I bring that up. I'm like, I'm high on this guy, Austin. Have you heard of him? He's like, Yeah, he's like in my 30s. It's like, oh damn. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe I was gonna have him on my side, but uh you know, he he's been definitely a a big one for me. Uh I think fading this QB class has been a big thing I've talked about a lot. Even CJ Stroud, I haven't really faded Bryce Young that somewhat has kind of turned out to be right so far. Like CJ has really kind of been, we talked a lot about it on college fantasy tonight uh, with Barnabas, who I really respect and for him to come in and say some of the things that he said, I think really kind of illustrates the, the fears that I had better than I could say with, with the CJ Stroud, uh, Justin Fields. Finally, I think I can say that I was right on that. Uh, he's been amazing outside of those three. I don't, think there's been much to be honest with you it's really been those three have been probably what i've been most right on mox yeah judkins nice feather in your cap um it'll it'll hold me here at this company for another two more years i gotta go find somebody quickly there you go um it's much easier to do things you were wrong on i think um i think i nailed the georgia southern offense um Kyle Ventrese is fourth in the country in passing heritage. Like, I don't think enough people were talking about that. Um, and so, like, I think you got a little bit of value there. And Jalen White's been awesome, too. Um, so I, I think that that offense outperformed. Uh, that was something that I, like, 
I think I nailed early on. Um, I thought of more things I was wrong on during the while Matt was talking. I was like, oh, I can I'm- always count on Mox to go like the deepest with his picks, with his what he's right on. Like I, Matt or Mox is gonna dig dig really deep. I what else was I right? I feel like I was right process wise on um, the strategy that I took this offseason in drafts, which was draft young players and incoming freshmen highly and then wait like 20 rounds till you start drafting CFF guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Like most of my best leagues are those. And I I think that's because um, variance in where you draft players that hit from a CFF perspective is so wide that you don't need to be spending eight, nine, ten round picks on them. Um, that's just like a process thing. It's like, I don't have like enough data to like support that, but I think that that was the right approach. Austin. I'm trying to think of the thing that I'm like most proud of that I was right on. Um, I mean, I think we've put to bed the Bijan Travion debate, which I was very staunchly on the Bijan side. Um, Travion is a good player, but he's just not that level. Um, but I think the thing that actually I was probably the happiest about is my Ashton Genty um, call, like super, super early in the offseason. He's gone in there and looked really, really good at Boise. And Boise has turned that offense around. I think they'll actually be pretty solid. I mean, it depends what happens with their offense coordinator, Dirk Cutter. I know we we gave him to Arizona State yesterday in our uh, our, our coach dating game on Better Sports, uh, which if you guys missed to go back and watch that, I got to say sexy about 80 times on a national radio station, which was a lot of fun. We played a dating game where we, you know, like a traditional dating game where uh, we were trying to match the schools with a candidate asking, what coach candidate won? What would you change uh, if you were hired as head coach? And so that was really fun on Better Sports. On Better Sports, that show is all year round, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So tune in to us and show uh, us your support on the Better Sports app. Yeah, so I, I think I think um, Genty, my Genty call, and quite frankly, we don't know about Andrew Paul yet. We'll see what happens. They bring in some good running backs again this year, but I mean, I I, I liked that call at the time too. So Christopher Columbus, Christopher Columbus on Andrew Paul. Um, I got I, I got one that I actually want to I want a victory lap that I forgot about. Ooh, I on this show I brought it up too. I was talking about this Arizona's team. Not at my expense, please. Okay. No. I saw about this Arizona team, and I was like, they're putting pieces together. They're going to be good. They just had top 25 recruiting class. Like, Jed Fish is legit. Give it a little bit of time. And I was naming their wide receivers. And I was like, I still really like Dorian Singer. Sent a tweet about Dorian Singer in, like, February. My man has 63 receptions, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. Dorian Singer. Never doubt him. Not saying someone They've did got a good receiver core there. Really good receiver core. Can um, I give uh, one more? Because it's going to lead help <laughs> jump right into you, Felix. I, I think okay. that uh, a victory lap on Marvin Harrison Jr. Because there's only two people here who staunchly stood beside him. There were two other people here who both said you should fade him at different parts of the season. In fact, one person then tried to go all over the place and claim him as his wide receiver <laughs> to our masses and our audience when there was only two of us who it wasn't technically this year, but like a year and a half ago, staunchly stood for Marvin Harrison Jr. being a top 20 wide receiver. The other one was Felix. Go ahead, guys. What were you right about? It's a good point that you make because since we started doing this, I've become more isolated 
as to how everyone is ranking players. I just, I just because the way we do this for folks who don't know, we just have a list of names uh, in a spreadsheet, and then we go write them up, and that's kind of how I um, research the players. It's just based off of that list. So I don't in the seasons past, I have known if a player is a five star. I think I generally know that. Coming into the season, I didn't realize Quinshawn Judkins wasn't a four or five star prospect. That he was only a three star prospect until like I think the season might have started. I was like, oh wait, this is a three star guy. And so um, the same thing applies with Marvin Harrison Jr. It wasn't until I think we had the ranking summit that I realized like Austin was claiming him to be in the seventies, and me and Matt both had him in the top in the top twenty. Uh, to me, Marvin Harrison Jr. was Ohio State trying again at a G. Scott type player. G. Scott, six foot three, two hundred ten pound guy who could run routes well, and that's what I've saw from Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, the funny thing is, is Marvin Harrison Jr. is is winning on a lot of like w- really back shoulder fades. He's just a. I said I tweeted this out that he's a wall that can catch. We haven't seen him run a very complex route tree at all. I think that that's there, but he's really just been CJ Stroud's safety blanket because if you got a cornerback's head turned, well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is open. He's a great ball tracker. Uh, he's great with his feet along the sideline, as we saw with that catch where it looked like he snapped his ACL, get his, his foot down. But that dude is a wall that can catch the football. You don't see him running a lot after the catch. You don't see him uh, do any of that, that kind of stuff, but he's trending towards like a George Pickens type player. Um, number what? Number two on Bruce Feldman's free list. Allegedly, he can get to 23 miles per hour. I don't know that we've seen a game breaking speed from him yet. It's more like a like a Jamar Chase type where he's he's just so physical at the catch point and has such great ball tracking ability. But but the point being, Matt Matt on on your point is I didn't I didn't realize I didn't realize where everybody else had him until we got to the ranking summit and uh, the discrepancy in our rankings of Marvin Harrison Jr. really stood out. I think I've got three victory laps that I want to take. One is I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to say Ramondre Stevenson, who's been an RB one on the season. Ramondre Stevenson has forced Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia or whomever is calling the plays there to deploy him as a bell cow. How good do you have to be for this team that has been, in deploying a, a, a committee forever to be deployed, you know, more, more than 10% of the touches. That's how good Marvin, or excuse me, that's how good Mondre Stevenson has been. I asked on, on Twitter, I just assumed he was like a top 12 dynasty uh, running back. And he still may not be, if you look at keep trade cut, he may not be in the top 12, but I don't think you're complaining if you have him. Uh, on your roster this season. And he was a player that I gravitated towards. So Ramondre Stevenson is one. And then I'm going to go to the same spectrum of player. I'm going to say Mayan Williams. I think that Ohio State has needed Mayan Williams this season. If they didn't have Mayan Williams, I'm not sure that they would be where they are. That game against Notre Dame, the game against Rutgers. Now, they would have beat Rutgers anyway, but he went off there against Rutgers. They needed his physical run style. They have needed um, that type of, of player to – to get through the season. Trevion Henderson has been uh, ineffective and has not been healthy. And so Ian Williams has low center of gravity, his physical running style. No, he can't, you know, he can't uh, do all the flashy speed stuff, but every carry for Ian Williams is a boxing match. He uses his off arm. Well, he lowers his shoulder. Well, um, he, he plays with good leverage. He's already low to the ground. 
I think that he's an NFL player, and I think that he's going to have some, at the very least, RB2 weeks in fantasy when he gets to the NFL. And that, especially in, in C2Cs, where you need players who are going to get drafted and on NFL rosters, you need to find as many of those guys as possible. I think that Mayan Williams was a value. I think that I was right on him. Um, there was one other one that's escaping me, but uh, I'm I'm forgetting which one it was. So I will just go with with those two for now, and then when I think of the the next one, I'll bring it. Um, all right, Austin, are you ready to give us your prediction for next season? Uh, is it a bold prediction or or what kind of prediction oh, are we looking for? Bold. Here? I mean, we can. I think we can count on Austin's to be lukewarm. Um, but whatever you got, Austin, just uh, just whatever you got. All right. So I, I have – how about these for two predict- predictions? Uh, two sells going into the offseason. If you have either of these players, I think sell them because I think they're going to disappoint next year. The first one, I wrote an article about it last week. I did a big thread about it in our Discord. Uh, Kobe Prentice at Alabama. I – have gone back and rethought my process on Kobe Prentice a lot this offseason. He is kind of a RB wide receiver hybrid type guy at Alabama. And I generally don't gravitate toward those guys unless they're really, really special. Because more often than not, I think people confuse versatility and um, like tweener ability like tweeners you're just not good enough to do any like either role full time so you kind of have to split whereas versatility you can probably play the role full time but you're so good at those roles like there is a a distinct difference between those two and i think kobe prentice is more tweener than versatile he stood out early this year because alabama we we've lamented all year that their their wide receiver core is not good and they were really banged up in the slot which is where he's lurked since jojo earl's come back they dialed back his targets majorly they dialed back his snaps. He hasn't grown at all in that offense this year. They're not losing any wide receivers, at least that would impact him. I mean, they might lose Jermaine Burton, but that's really it. So I I think that he's a major sell for me. The other one I think that I'm selling is Troy Franklin. And for the record, I think Troy Franklin is a good player, but he's not a great player. I think right now he's being ranked like he's a great player or a great prospect where I, I don't think that's the case. And I think there are a lot of question marks about what that offense is going to look like next year, assuming that Bo Nix does leave. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Is it somebody already on the roster? Is it Dante Moore and coming true freshman? Is it a transfer? We don't know. We don't know what a new quarterback's going to look like. Like Bo Nix had the advantage of having worked with Kenny Dillingham before. It was a very seamless transition for him there. That's not going to be the case with whoever they bring in next offseason. So... And quite frankly, like he's had some nice CFF performances this year, but I've hammered this point home across multiple shows this year. He is not getting the target volume that I would trust him consistently on a week-to-week basis. He's getting like four, five, six targets. He's just going five for 137 and one on those six targets. Like that is not sustainable. I think he's being valued like as a top 20 receiver once this class leaves, maybe even top 15. And there's just no way I'd be comfortable putting him in that range. Like I don't know what his skill set like right now, what he does that is like super, super NFL projectable at this stage. Like, does he separate that well? Not really. A lot of the times when he's scoring, it's kind of broken plays downfield, but it's not like even Jalen Hyatt, where it's, he's like a clear four, three guy. And you know how he's winning on these broken plays. Like it's just, 
he, he's just kind of getting open downfield. So those, those are two big sells. I think both of them will disappoint next year. So I think get out from under them now. Like you can get a lot for Troy Franklin. I, I would package him up maybe and try to get like an, a, a really good NFL wide receiver. Like a team in your league's bad and they have Stephon Diggs. Assuming you're not in a total rebuild on the NFL side, Franklin Plus can probably get you digs. Like that's the kind of move that I'm probably making this offseason in the few places that I do have Troy Franklin. Because I do have him a couple places. I appreciate him as a player. I remember my victory lap. It's uh Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. being a good player. I forgot I forgot about that one. I've been kind of sounding or you know, being in my bullhorn about him for a while and leading the, I think he's still leading the country and passing and obviously had the big upset against Oregon. I don't understand why folks are not talking about him being in the conversation for the QB three in this class. I would take him over Hendon hooker. I would take him. Over I wonder Rolex. what, I wonder what his medicals are going to look like. Yeah. Probably his that. medicals. It's yeah. going to be really interesting. I wonder if Carson Strong like fifth Carson round. Carson Strong, yeah, Carson Strong S medicals. But all things being equal, if they were, which they never are, I would take him over Will Levison and Hendon Hooker. Um, Pivoting he off, he made that, some uh, really nice throws last last night. I was really impressed. I haven't watched much of them this year. Another miss on my part, uh, Sam Heward being the starter. Big oof. Uh, <laughs> so, Old cement foot. Old cement foot. Forgot about that one. Cement shoes. Pretty sure he was my flag plant as well as a guy who was going to rise up the boards this year. I was I was there with you last year on him. He wasn't even the backup. He's not even the backup yeah, for uh, no, yeah, yeah, Dylan Morris Dylan got Morris. into that game the other day. Yeah. Where's he going to transfer to, Sam Heward? Uh, who knows? That's <laughs> home for legacy. him, though. I know. I know. Oh, see Washington yeah. player. Where is he going to transfer? There, there's no home. To a G5 team. No. I don't know I if he's the best. I, I wonder if he goes uh, D2 or FCS. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Matt, give us your prediction. Oh, um... I've got three. Uh, I think I was gonna. I think I'm a year early on Quinn Ewers being a good fantasy asset. They're getting Nayor back next year. What? It's Steve Sarkeesian's offense. They get Isaiah Nayor back next year. Xavier Worthy, if he doesn't transfer out, right? I, that we'll see what happens there. But JT Sanders, another year in that offense. They've got the weapons. We just talked about how we think what Sark can do with quarterbacks is why Felix, who who takes every chance he can to, to the prince who's under promise and all that other stuff. But it's Steve Sarkeesian. Say what you want, but I'm still going to buy in that he has a chance to turn it around this year and with the weapons that he has, be a top CFFS. I'm not going to go any further than that. I'll just say that I think he can be a good CFFS. That Texas quarterback room is one to pay attention to because there are a lot of good players in that room. I think Hudson Card is a good player. I think Malik Murphy you want to talk about tools. If you like, you know, the Will Levis raw types, Malik Murphy might have one of the best arms in the freshman class right up there with Devin Brown. And then, of course, they add Arch Manning. I, I can't wait to see where Malik Murphy transfers. I'm surprised that he actually stayed with his commitment to Texas. Um, but He needs time. The, yeah. Like he can't oh, yeah. start next year, I don't think. I bet oh, he's he the kind of guy last had. year that was a high four-star, but I don't think he would have been – like, I don't think he was considered a get, quote-unquote, in, yeah. in, like, the, the college mm – -hmm community like i just he's got a really really strong arm but can throw a zero touch for how like athletic he looks he can't run at all like he's a very very weird weird player i just texas is way above his level in my opinion like even if he figures out the arm stuff i just don't know where like that's just it's way too much for him bowling bowling green maybe 
And I, I actually don't think either one of those guys transfer out because Hudson Card wants to get his degree from Texas. I think he stays next year as the backup again because Arch is not going to be ready. I know a lot of people think that he's not going to be ready. I don't understand Malik Murphy not transferring because he'll never play there. So I think Ever. why not stay one more year with Sark because he can redshirt it, right? So then after that, he'll still have three years of eligibility, try and continue to learn, and then transfer out after you've gotten two years to kind of work and build yourself up. It's just what I would think. I don't know. Maybe he will. Um, my other one, I think this is going to be a little bit of a bolder take, and I might excite one of the other people, one of our other co-founders. I think Penn State has a chance to be the second-best offense in the Big Ten next year. I know that they don't have uh, decent wide receivers, but I believe that much in Drew Allard. And then you have Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. You are, I am taking a massive leap of faith in James Franklin taking the handcuffs off of this offense and, and not living in the 1960s and actually trying to stretch the ball down the field. But I think that they're going to be very good. My last bold take, it would not be Debbie debate. I didn't talk a little bit about Ohio State. Marvin Harrison is going to be a finalist for the Heisman next year. Don't care if it's Kyle McCord who starts. Don't care if it's Devin Brown. He is the best receiver on that team. He'll be the best wide receiver in the country. Caleb and Drake may are going to be up there, but right now I don't know who else is going to even compete for that. I think Marvin Harrison is going to put up ungodly numbers next year in that offense, and I think he ends up being a finalist for the Heisman. There we go. Who's going to win that quarterback job? Oh, it's Kyle McCord. I've already said that. So, okay. He has been the number two. He has been the number two, and we might be able to talk to Kyle uh, again uh, this off season. So we'll see if we can. I, I have been navigating trades the past couple of weeks as if it's going to be Kyle McCord. I've moved Devin mm. Brown in a couple spots. I've picked up Kyle McCord. In a so, so, I mean, That's I know I would operate too. I've said before. I said anything on scenes. shows. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I've said this behind the scenes a little bit. And again, you have to take this for what it's worth because there's still a lot of time here where this is November. We're recording this early, late November. He's got all off season to improve this, but a big knock on him that I've heard from multiple people there is that he, his footwork is horrible. And that's why he has not been getting in games. He got in those first two games earlier in the season and he's not gotten back in. They not like his footwork. He's not setting his feet. He's trying to do everything just out of structure. That is not Ryan Day's offense. And I think people want, like, it's kind of the big thing. Austin, I know, mentioned a couple weeks ago with Dylan Rayola. Like, it's a, it's it's interesting to see because Dylan Rayola is a very out-of-structure quarterback as well. Devin Brown has been trying to do that, and that's not what Ryan Day wants. I, I think that he's got a lot to improve on if he's going to beat Kyle McCord this year. Dylan Rayola is what people will think J.J. McCarthy is, for the record. I'm very excited to see Rayola. Um Interesting Good comp. Player. Good player. Mox, you got a prediction for us? Um, yeah, I think I only have one though. I uh, I'll give you two. I think Lane Kiffin is the next coach at Alabama. Possibly by the end of at, at Alabama or at at Auburn. Oh no, I said what I said. Mm, at sexy. Alabama. Damn. That's sexy. hold on. That's uh this is going on TikTok. I think that Lane Kiffin is the successor to Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin have a ton of respect for each other. I think he's seen Lane um, mature and become like a, a true leader. I think he's doing a great job at Ole Miss. They, they really, really um, like if Nick Saban has any say in this decision, I guarantee you he would pick Lane. Um, I think it would be a good fit too. Like I, I think Lane is, 
like we're ready for a premier job. So Lane Kiffin, next coach at Alabama. I don't, I, I want to say it's going to be by the end of the 2023 season, but we might be a year. I, I don't know when Saban's going to leave. So you think Saban has commute like, so here, here's an interesting way that I think we could potentially put these two together. If it's reported that Saban gets the Auburn offer and does not take it, do you think I mean, that Kevin, that has been somewhat communicated to him, even if it's not like like Saban has told him? Because they're friendly, like they talk. Like, oh, I because Saban's going to have some say. Like, yeah, I think is, like who I think who so. Should be the guy. So like he he will certainly be offered the Auburn job. Like it's no doubt in my mind that he's the, probably the, their top candidate. If he does not take the Auburn job, to me that just bolsters this. Like I, I really think that he, I really think that he's the next guy at Alabama. You think he's Jimbo Fisher following in the in the footsteps of uh, what uh, Bobby Coach Bowden? Coach Bowden. Bowden, yeah, yeah, I I, I do. I, I, the, you can't name a head coach in waiting, and obviously you can't name one from yeah. <laughs> from a different school. A different school, yeah. <laughs> but I think that could be. I think that could like be the case in Saban's mind, and maybe the athletic department, Alabama. I um, think that this would be. I've said, wait a minute. When I said brought this up about Alabama that maybe we're starting to see the fall of Alabama. I was mocked and ridiculed. Why would this be a fall for Bama? Yeah. Because because of what they have specifically on offense moving forward. The skill position players, they don't have an established wide receiver. Next year, they're going to have a quarterback who isn't the passer that Mac Jones was, that Tua Tungavialoa was, that Jalen Hurts was, uh, Bryce Young is. We're, we're going to see like a different, regardless of whether or not they're still like a like a, a contender nationally, we're going to see a different style of football from them next year. I hope if it's so. Jalen Milrow, if it's Ty Simpson, it's going to be a different style of football. And, but I mean, and Bill O'Brien's not going to be the offensive coordinator. They've already done that, though. Yeah, like, that's what Saban's already done. Yeah. yeah, that's never been an issue. He's always adapted. That's why I, okay. I think the biggest who thing is... who is it going to be? Is it going to be Jamarian Miller that they run into the back of the line of scrimmage 300 times next year? No. Do you think that there's a chance that we, maybe we, say, we see Drake May in red next year? He was originally their guy. Man. You know Flip about when, uh, about that. He, he, you What are your thoughts on that, man? I can't, I can't, I can't. Nothing. He's great in those those blue uniforms. He's gonna stay at UNC. I mean, we could just talk, call it speculation. Are right, we're just Spec- speculating? Okay, fine. Speculation. Just speculation. Is, speculation is I may or may not have been told that. Not necessarily unfounded. The rumors that Drake may may be leaving UNC. I'll put it that way. I I don't think that, that would be a great decision. I think Phil Longo is perfect for him. But what are you going to say, Mox? I was going to say I don't think that would be a bad decision. <laughs> a bad decision. Um, I Mac Brown like probably should have been fired last season. I don't think he's going to get fired this season. Gene Chizik is terrible on the defense, like defense coordinator. Like Phil Longo's fine, but like I don't think he's special in terms of like beat coordinators. Um. I think USC might be a bad in a bad place in a couple of years. Uh, and like they're recruiting really well, but they're not developing anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm a little yeah. bit worried because I like Drake May a lot. Like coming in, and like he's outperformed my expectations. But like yeah. I don't know if that was Phil Longo as much as it was like Drake May is kind of just like a special player. Um, yeah, and so he but he was originally Alabama's guy. Then they got Bryce Young. He flips. 
goes to UNC, and I don't think that was a bad decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Like, I don't think that would be a bad idea. Um, the reason why, real quick, I think it would be smart for him to go to Alabama, Saban's going to bring in somebody. And and just to kind of get you excited, Felix, what if he brings in Grimes to run that offense? And Ooh. then they bring in Drake. Exactly. Like, you don't know who he's going to bring. It's not going to be Bill O'Brien. And he's going to bring no. in somebody who complements whatever quarterback they have, whether I, it's Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, or if they know they're going to get Drake May, they'll find a way to make work. They're bringing in some intriguing play. Ja'Cory Brooks has looked better. Malik Benson has a shot to be very good. We'll wait. We'll, we'll see. I mean, he's top Juco wide receiver, has a chance to be very good. Like, they've got pieces there to be a very good team. And as Austin mentioned at the beginning of the show – Every team this year has taken a step back, and I don't know that anybody's going to take a leap forward. Georgia, I don't think, is going to take this massive step forward next year and go back to being this elite team. So, like, Alabama, I don't think, is as far back as, as you think they are from being right back up at the top of the college football landscape. I tend to agree. They have the resources they, if they want. Like, they'll be, I think they'll be fine as well. Mox, um, what, who's that offense, that OC at Tennessee? Uh, Alex Golesh. Okay, I want to cut this. I'm going to – Alex Golesh. I'm going to cut this for TikTok, all right? Yeah, I, next uh, next offensive coordinator for Alabama, Bill O'Brien, Zach Kitley, Alex Golesh, or Jeff Grimes? Oh, if I had to pick, I'd probably go Kitley. Um, that's a good question. Uh, can I give someone who is not on your list? Sure. And I think it would be really good. Alex Atkins. The Florida State offensive coordinator. Um, I think he he's ready for a promotion, like to a really big job. He's at a like a masterful job at Florida State this year. Um, he's young too, and he's got roots in the South. I really, I, I think he could be uh, pretty good. I've been trying to find, listening to all of our content, sound bites that can go on TikTok. It's it's the hardest for me to find that with uh with um, chasing the natty because it's they're just lo- very long and it's very hard for me to cut something into like a 15 second clip. Uh, you want you want another cut? Because I have a second bold prediction outside right, of Lane. Everybody be quiet because this is going to get all right. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You can get more now for Quentin Johnston than you will be able to a year from now if you want to. What? Try. You're you're saying his value is going to take a dive. Yeah. Um, I think he's being treated as like a locked in, like the wide receiver one in this class. Like when he tests too, like it's going to keep going up. Really good athlete. But he's pretty, he has things he has to work on at the next level. So I wouldn't be surprised if he struggled a little bit as a rookie. Um, And if that happens, his value is going to go down. I think you're, he's being priced at the market right now higher than I think he will be this time November when he's probably still figuring out the NFL. Like He's got stuff to work on. He's not a perfect prospect. And I like Quentin Johnson a lot. Austin, better wide receiver prospect, Quentin Johnston or Traylon Burks? That's a good question. That's actually kind of who I had in the back of my mind as he was saying this. Like, because I think his here's the problem that I have sometimes with feeding some. Like, he has a good analytical profile. He's got pretty good tape, though it's not consistent. Um, he's athletic enough that I think the it he can get by as a rookie while he kind of figures it out. And he's not like 
Andre Greenraw. Like he's no. he, he's more refined than that at this stage. So I I think if a team drafts him and use them like the like the Packers have used Christian Watts in the past couple of weeks, I think it can be very successful. Like a lot of like crossers where you can kind of shed coverage yeah. easier, use them in the red zone. Basically, then just have him run, you know, deep post goes. I think that's his route tree as a as a rookie, and I think he can hit a thousand yards. But I think that usage has to be there, correct? If if you're trying to use him as like, like he's not AJ Green, that's the comment yeah. a lot of people want to make. He's not as mm. fluid, Mm-mm. he's not as flexible, like hip wise, like in and out of breaks. He's not that level of a guy. But he who's, is. I mean, I think if you use him like that, I think he can be a good player. Who's the comment for him, Martavis Bryant? I don't think he's as good as Martavis Bryant. I was going to say he's he's a smaller Demarius Thomas, a thinner Demarius Thomas, because I think he could be physical yeah. after the catch, and th- that's what Demarius Thomas is, in my opinion. Yeah, I like and I like Quentin Johnson a lot too. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm a hater. I feel like I've been pretty consistent with ranking him where I have, and I just I just think that there could be a learning curve at the next level. People are looking at the body is. type of AJ green and saying that that's Quentin Johnston. Yes, they are similar, similar body types, but play style wise, they are not similar. AJ green, in my opinion is, is on the, at his peak at that size was on like the elite route runner spectrum. Um, and Quentin Johnston is not, is, is not, you know, that nuanced of a, of a player. That Haven't AJ you green given was, the, the AJ green come to Marvin one. Harrison jr. I don't think I've come up with a comp for Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, I had just did in this show, but like an official stamp, I don't know that I've given a, a, a comp for Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I still think he's a worse prospect than people think he is as well. Marvin Harrison Jr.? <laughs> yeah. I don't think because he does one thing. It's because he does one thing. Basically, yeah. Like, yeah. We don't, like he doesn't really. <laughs> He's not even open half the time, which is <laughs> a, skill, is a skill in itself. That's a he's skill not. in itself that he can make these catches. But it was the same with Jamar so, Chase. That's, that's why. That's why I'm saying say. it's the exact same with Jamar Chase. I, I, I Jamar not, Chase was not. I don't open. think you. I don't think you can feed Harrison a bubble screen and then watch him take it 70 yards. You can do that with Jamar Chase. Like I just don't think he's that. Like I, he's not as versatile, in my opinion. He's a very good player, but I wouldn't take him as a top five pick in the NFL draft. That might I am, be a popular opinion. I am shocked by his athleticism from um the freak list like i don't think he's that athletic either no i don't like I, I that was my biggest issue with him coming into school like i thought he was really good but the athleticism would hold him back telling me that he's running like 23 miles per hour and is like an elite athlete i just don't see that i don't see that either and when when you watch him stack a corner it it's not and he's running for the ball you don't see him pull away from the corner and when someone has like elite speed you see that corner just it might be you know just a few feet but he doesn't he does stack because he's good with his hands and he's good on getting on top but you don't see him pull and he always he's always gets tackled right after the catch if he was this elite speed guy he would catch that ball keep running and go into the end zone but he's not a great yards after catch player and if he had that type of athleticism you would see a lot more catch the ball run you know 30 yards for a touchdown he, he would be amongst the worst yak players to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft in the past decade if he stuck by his current numbers i looked this up because he actually has the same yards after catch as Romeo Dunze does and when Dunze's dad was messaging me um about why i don't have his son as like a day one NFL draft prospect i was like dude you can't do anything after the catch like and i think Harrison like they have the same it's it's like 
Drake London had better yak numbers. Michael Pittman actually had better yak numbers. Like looking at some of these guys, like I'm not saying they're better prospects, but what was Mike Evans yak numbers like at Texas a I bet they were actually decently high, although I haven't gone and looked at it. Cause he always like fall down after the catch in the NFL all the time. He doesn't even try. He's old. That's now. a good, that's a good comparison. I think Mike Evans is a good comparison for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. He just if Marvin Harrison Jr. adds like 15 pounds, because he's pretty he's still pretty skinny. Evans, I think, is like 230 or 225. All right, where did we leave off with predictions, bold predictions? I gave you Quentin Johnston as my uh my bold one. Yeah. We're, we've got a lot of good sound bites in this show that are gonna go up on the TikTok. We've got one TikTok with uh over twenty thousand views and likes and stuff oh yeah check us out mox doesn't even know that mox check us out man we've been we've been putting up all the stuff on tiktok man i love how into tiktok and betting felix is now these are like two things that i never would i'm a young i'm like in my 20s i mean i'm like in my 20s how do you do fellow kids yeah 50s and new 20s so we hear right (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh (laughs) all right mox you got any more is that it do we tap you out no i i think uh I think McKiffin, Alabama was the hottest one that I had. So, all right, Austin, I already did mine. Did, am I the last one? Did I? Yeah. Am, I think that by this time next year, um, Don uh, D- Devontae Walker will be widely considered a potential day two NFL draft pick, and Mel Kiper, Mike Renner at PFF, um, uh, Dane Dane Brugler, Dane Brugler will. Be considering him that six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds uh, can get vertical. Now I've been fooled with Kent State wide receivers in the past. I cannot remember the guys the, the guy's name just like two seasons ago who came out of Kent State who was very productive. I think the Steelers may have picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Um, but Devontae Walker is a little bit more athletic, a little bit thicker of a body type, and but that's. Uh, I think that that's where we're headed with him. And it's, again, one of the – I mentioned his name earlier in the show. It's one of the reasons why I love this game is because when you find a player like – the players off the beaten path, Zach Wilson, Ramondre Stevenson, maybe Devontae Walker, um, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler went to what, like Western Oregon or something like that? Some sort of Colorado school, I think. Yeah. yeah. Julius Chestnut uh, this past – Year. These these players who kind of come out of nowhere that we're always digging for. Um, I love those stories. I got I got another one on the same on the same same trajectory. You could clip this one too if you want. Princeton wide receiver Andre Gasovis is this year's Christian Watson. Write it down. Already invited to the senior bowl. One of the first invites to the senior bowl. You don't see these Ivy League dudes get there. Like he's different. Like, he's really athletic. I'm a big fan. And he's got the size. Make sure you check out all the content around the campus to Canton family. Tune into the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, subscribe to the YouTube page and subscribe to us on TikTok. TikTok, kids. TikTok. Um all right. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. We will get him rescheduled soon for Austin Nace, Chris Moxley, and Matt Bruning. Happy Thanksgiving. Good night and good luck.